Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome back to Grow With Soul. This is episode 21. Today I'm chatting with Josephine Brooks who is a planning and productivity mentor for Side Hustlers. Josephine was a client of mine through 2018 and so I knew that she was the perfect person to get onto the podcast to talk all things planning. In the episode, we go over the fundamentals of planning, Josephine's three-step method, making big plans and weekly plans, and setting productivity routines in your business. There is so much useful stuff in here for you, and I really hope that you enjoy it. Hi, Josephine. Hi, Kate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's lovely to chat to you again. I know. Well, it hasn't actually been that long. It hasn't been that long. (laughs) So, well, this might come up, the reason why it hasn't been so long that we've chatted. So anybody who doesn't know you or hasn't come across your work, let us know about you. So what's your business journey so far? What do you do and uh, who do you do it for? Sure. So I'm Josephine and I'm a productivity mentor for side hustlers. Basically, that means that I help side hustlers plan more effectively and boost their productivity so that they can level up their side business, basically. But ultimately, what I'm really passionate about is helping side hustlers create more freedom and time to do what they love. And I think that's what I've always kind of seeked out in my own side hustles. Mm. So, yeah, the planning and productivity stuff is the tool that I use to help people create the the lifestyle and business that they really want. Mm. And in terms of my business journey so far, it's been yeah, it's been quite a long winding path. <laughs> Something that you've definitely helped me clarify over the last year or so. But um Yeah, I've always had a bit of a side project on the go since leaving university, which scarily, I think, was about eight, maybe even nine years ago now. Oh, I know. It's really weird, isn't it? (laughs) Terrifying. I was like, I don't want to think about that. So, yeah, I've always had a bit of a side project. I think it was kind of a creative outlet, really, because I just wasn't having that creative, creative fulfillment at work. I've always had desk-based jobs so so yeah I've always had something on the side I've always been quite creative and I've loved making so I actually started off DIY blogging many years ago do you remember those blogs that were like here's how you can make a whatever (laughs) um so yeah I used to do that and a lot of the stuff I was making was kind of sewing based so that evolved into my own my home decor business that I had up until the end of last year and that was going really well and I really enjoyed it and I really enjoyed the business elements of it actually and I had a bit of a light bulb moment on New Year's Eve last year when I was doing a bit of a year-end review and I'm really excited about all the chat there is at the moment about people doing their year-end reviews because I love (laughs) doing all that stuff and I was just kind of getting really geeky about it I was like next to the fire on New Year's Eve surrounded by all this paper there was like charts and spreadsheets oh, the dream. It was, I know. <laughs> and I just kind of looked around me and had this moment where I realized that actually what I love doing is planning I love evaluating things looking back seeing what I can do better seeing if there's less intensive ways of getting stuff done I love planning and time management and it's funny because at work I'd kind of already had this realization because I started off in marketing and moved into project management because I really loved like a good timeline and a schedule (laughs) and getting stuff done so I don't know why it took me so long in my sort of business journey to figure that out but so yeah I figured out that I really loved all this geeky planning stuff and I spoke to some other small business owners and side hustlers and I was like yeah but this planning stuff's fun right it's really easy and they were like (laughs) Uh, no I hate it and I really struggle with it and I think that's that's when I kind of started to realize this this might be a thing so so yeah in January this year yeah this year 2018 (laughs) I pivoted my business to focus on helping other side hustlers with their planning and productivity so so yeah my work's now centered around helping other side hustlers plan more effectively be more efficient with their time 
And yeah, I reduced my hours down to part-time earlier this year. And obviously I've worked with you to, to kind of help help make that pivot really in my business because it has been quite a change, but it definitely feels like everything's just sort of slotted into place. I've really found that thing that I love doing this year. So, so yeah, but I think that does kind of show why it's so important just to start because you're never going to land on your feet first time. You kind of need to just experiment and see see where that journey takes you sort of thing oh yeah absolutely you're not and what I really love about your journey and what you discovered and what you did is that as everybody does kind of do this long circuitous route around through the sewing and the making and the home decor back to what you were actually doing in your day job but just kind of reframing it to do it for people that you care about rather than you know a corporation that you don't care about so much and I think that a lot of people do that where they think it's the job itself it's the what they're doing that is the problem so they go and try and do something completely different but then actually and sometimes you have to do the completely different thing to realize this actually you love the thing that you're doing it's just the environment you're doing it in and who you're doing it for is the problem and yeah that's just something that's coming up a lot at the moment for me and people that I work with as well I think it's just as important to learn from the stuff you don't like doing as much as it is from the stuff you do like doing and kind of through a process of elimination you sort of eventually figure out what what you like to do Mm, yeah absolutely I sometimes I think it's easier to actually hone in on what those things that you don't like are than the things that you do like yeah yeah Yeah. definitely it's like with the planning thing I assumed that came easily to everyone and it was a really easy fun thing to do for everyone and I think when the things that you love doing come so easily Mm. it's difficult to kind of ignore them as a skill or your kind of special source as it were yeah we absolutely devalue the things that we're good at because we are good at them and they come easily. And actually that's a real brain training thing is to be able to value that stuff that you're good at and to look at it through different eyes, through the eyes of people who don't know how to do it. And that's really the trick, I think, when you're doing service-based business, especially that there's this thing that you're good at. And I think that's where a lot of imposter syndrome comes from because you're like, oh, I'm just doing this thing and it's really easy and I don't, this isn't, I shouldn't be charging for this, but it is actually valuable for other people. So why planning, I guess? (laughs) Why is it that you, that you love it so much and that you believe in it as the kind of key to success? This was, uh, this is an interesting question because I find it quite difficult to get to the bottom of this. I just really believe in planning. But um, (laughs) yeah, I I just believe that it's possible to grow a thriving business on the side of a job or maybe other commitments. As long as you have the right plan, you've got to have a plan because especially if you're side hustling, you don't have a lot of time to be, you know, deciding what to do that day or yeah, I mean, you won't have a day or be deciding what to do that evening. You need to know what kind of, I mean, from a really big picture level, what sort of lifestyle and business you're aiming for to know that what you're actually doing, what tasks you're working on are moving you towards that, that vision. And you really need to know where your focus needs to be. And I think, again, especially when you're side hustling, you need to break your goals and tasks down into tiny, tiny steps that are appealing enough to come home one evening and actually get to work on. Because if you have a vague plan to write a couple of blog posts one evening or, you know, plan your whole month's content out, it's... (sighs) if you break that down into smaller steps, you're much more likely to get started with it. Mm. Um, I think the key with planning is that it's not there to make you busy. It's there to really focus your energy and focus on getting the most impactful stuff done so that you can be efficient with your time. I think the word that you used in there that was really interesting is actually the word appealing because that's a big thing that you no matter how much you love your business or your side hustle or what you do sometimes you just don't want to do it (laughs) and so yeah things that can make those activities and particularly the more admin-y sort of things appealing and like something you can just get on and do that's a really important thing and I think is it's that whole idea of decision fatigue as well that 
like, I definitely have it. I get to this point where I'm like, I literally can't make another decision today. Like, just feed me. I can't decide what to be. Yeah, um, definitely. And I think having the plan there is sort of one thing, but it's not just having a plan that's the key to success. I think it needs to be realistic. It needs to be able to help keep you motivated as you work through it. So like, for example, it's dark when you get home from work. It needs to be those little tiny jobs that you can get done quite quickly without too much (laughs) sort of pain, if if that makes (laughs) sense. So yeah, it's about not only just having the plan, but also having tiny little steps in there to achieving the goals that you're aiming for. Yeah, little things that you can do in a queue and while you're waiting for the dinner to cook and that kind of thing, yeah. So talk me through your planning method, your kind of top tips and how to make your kind of big overall plan. Sure, yeah, this is the thing because I think it's one thing having a plan, it's another thing having a plan that's actually going to work for you. I think there's a way to create a plan that gives you the best hope of achieving everything on there so I have developed a bit of a three-step planning method which I used in my own side hustle and still use now because I didn't have any luck with planning for the year because I'd start the year all guns blazing really excited about this plan that I'd made and then by the time I got to March or April so much had changed Mm. I was feeling really disheartened because I was behind with things and planning for a year is is quite overwhelming. I think there's a saying or a quote or something that says we're not very good at judging how long things take and we over-predict what we can achieve in a year, but we can under-predict what we can achieve in five years, which I think is so Mm -hmm. true. Every time I've ever tried to plan for a year, I've massively overestimated how much I was going to get done. So yeah, so I now plan in 12-week chunks, which feel is basically three months or quarterly chunks, which is kind of long enough to make some big things happen, but not so far in the distance that you're being over over ambitious about mm-hmm. how much you can achieve. So I start, this, the step one of this three-step method is all about finding your focus. So it is that big picture thinking. It's thinking about what lifestyle you want, what kind of business you want to grow. So if you want to be at home and spend more time with your loved ones, you don't want to build a business where there's lots of traveling involved. So it's joining up the two and looking at things like where your side hustle is maybe not getting enough love, Mm -hmm. the areas that you kind of maybe don't like working on, looking at those projects that keep popping up in your mind, but you never seem to be able to make time for, And also I think it's really important to look at what you can stop doing because if you are side hustling, you're so limited on your time, it doesn't make sense to be doing things that you either don't enjoy doing that aren't essential or like you talk a lot about not doing things just because you feel like you should. Mm. So step one is really about reflecting, looking back, looking at what your long-term goals are and kind of summarizing that into three sort of focus areas for the next 12 weeks. Mm And then step two is actually where you make the plan. So those focus areas get turned into goals, which essentially just means putting a deadline on them, making them a bit more actionable, making sure that they're really clear on exactly what you need to achieve. And then this bit's kind of the key bit. It's taking those goals and breaking down everything you need to do to achieve that goal into tiny little chunks. And those are the chunks we were talking about a minute ago. And then scheduling those little chunks over the following 12 weeks. So you sort of end up with something that's got sort of 12 boxes on it. You've got three goals. And to achieve those goals, you've got everything over those next 12 weeks that you need to do to make that happen. But they're all little steps. Mm -hmm. And then step three is all about getting motivated and kind of setting yourself up with the best chance of success so things like putting in milestones things like setting yourself a reward to try and kind of motivate you to achieve those goals things like putting accountability in place so I quite like to um, I remember talking to you once about how I'm quite more motivated by the stick (laughs) and you're more motivated by the carrot (laughs) and I like to kind of tell my audience okay this is going to be live on this date or I'll put something in my newsletter saying hey guys there's a new thing on my website go and check it out before I've even written it to to make myself do it but for some people it's enough just to have like a nice reward to look forward to at the end of those 12 weeks so it's just thinking about what's going to motivate you and putting those things in place to help you 
stay on track when things get a bit boggy a few weeks in. And then the final thing is just taking a step back and looking at it and really sense checking whether it's doable and whether it's realistic. And, you know, if it's not, some things can go on the list for the next quarter or you can reduce the size of the goal you're working towards. So, yeah, I've got a more succinct blog post on that. (laughs) I can always send you the link to. But, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Well, and it's it's makes perfect sense and I think this is the thing with planning and with goal setting with everything in life but also particularly with planning and goal setting is that that we feel that there is a proper in inverted commas way to do things and the way that you just describe setting a goal it's like what do you want to work on and when do you want to do it by and that's all that there really is to it and there's no need to overcomplicate everything it's just strip it all back and be like what do you want and when you're going to do it by and how you're going to do it and I think that yeah that those kind of little tiny steps instantly makes things feel more manageable Mm. and I think the goal setting thing is all about kind of future proofing yourself against feeling a bit disheartened so as an example, earlier this year, I decided on a whim that I'd just, you know, whack up a new website, wouldn't take very long. And it was kind of off the plan that I had created for myself. But I kind of thought, you know, this is really easy. I'll just whack it up in a couple of weeks. And even now, I feel like, I mean, I'm bad for tinkering with it, but it took me so much longer than I thought. And I think if I had set myself a goal, like I'm going to get my website live by the 5th of July, and it will have three blog posts on there and an about page and a home page. I would have been so much better set up for success because I would have had a deadline and I would have had a specific description of what I was aiming for. But instead it was all a bit vague and then I felt really sort of downheartened when I I didn't have this beautiful shiny website with 120 pages on it all done in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's such a good point that you feel and you also feel so you know, in a whirlwind when there's just things all over the place that you have to do and things that pop up and you didn't also then give yourself an opportunity to celebrate or reward because there wasn't that there wasn't an end, end point. point yeah mm. exactly that's exactly it and um I've also got on my I'm just looking at my plan now a little box where I put any ideas that pop up now because that was an idea that just sort of popped up out of nowhere and I was like oh yeah I'll just squeeze that in but now when an idea comes up like that I think right I'm gonna put that on the back burner and leave that until next quarter and just be really strict on myself and and wait to do it because I've kind of learned from that experience basically Mm. to not get distracted by shiny objects like that so easily (laughs) well and I think that's good to have it there as a kind of promise that I'm not absolutely saying I'm not going to do this but I'm just going to put it there and then that also can show you how important that is if you come back to it in two months time you're like yeah I'm not really sure about that anymore (laughs) yeah I think it's really important to sleep on things like that actually because I'm quite often like taken by these amazing incredible new ideas and then I sleep on them and then I think actually that was a crap idea and yeah I'm gonna ditch that so yeah it's actually helped just to have a bit of time to reflect on those ideas before I immediately jump on them Mm, absolutely (laughs) so I like that as well that you plan 12 weeks in advance because like you I mean at the beginning of 2018 I had this wall chart and I planned out everything that was going to go on in the year and there was pens and washi tape and all the things and then by I think February the whole plan was out because and I was really annoyed with myself for doing it in pen but yeah it was all out because things just moved too quickly and I changed my mind and I wanted to do something else so I think that's really good and I think for people who don't stick to plans generally I think that's part of the problem is that you plan out the whole year and then you put it on the shelf and then you never look at it again and it and it completely goes out but if there's anybody listening who is kind of got their hand up being like yeah that's me I don't stick to any of the plans I've ever made if they're worrying that 12 weeks might even be too much for them to stick to what are your kind of key tips for really sticking with the plan that you've set? Sure. So I have had DMs and things from people who have used the process that I just talked through, but just done it for six weeks. I feel like a month is quite a short amount of time and the months do Mm. seem to fly by. But 
just doing it for some six weeks has worked for some people and I think the last step that get motivated step where you're putting milestones in and you're looking for accountability or putting that accountability in place is just as important as the rest of the plan because the planning bit can often be quite exciting you've got all these ideas but then it's actually getting it done that's mm. going to make the difference so so yeah you can do it for a short amount of time I think accountability is a big one so I think the kind of thing where you let your audience know that something is coming on a certain date really helps me to kind of get stuff done I also stick my 12-week plan up on the wall so I see it every mm. day I think that's really helpful because if you do just kind of pop it in away in a drawer, you're not gonna you're not gonna stick to it because yeah. you can't see it every day and you can't see yourself crossing off those actions each week. So that really helps for me. But I think if there are people out there that really struggle with sticking to a plan, it's probably to make it a looser plan and do it for a shorter amount of time. So don't make a plan where you've got every single you know hour of the week plotted out just have a rough idea of what you want want to get done each week and even if you just want to focus on one thing just focusing on one thing can help for a lot of people just have one goal for the next six weeks and just focus on that and just have three things you want to get done each week and just limit yourself to three things and then with the rest of your time once you've done those three things you can be fairly spontaneous and flexible and work on whatever you want to be working on but I think it's probably about making it simple making it for a shorter time frame and yeah I think the problems tend to arise when people make really really thorough plans of okay I'm going to do all of this this week and kind of stuff it too full of things to do mm. that's my problem <laughs> <laughs> and I mean you it's don't... me it's mine as well I'm totally <laughs> You know, I'm still I'm still unrealistic about how much I can get done. And I, I think it's kind of the intention is there to get all of this stuff done. But the reality is I don't have the time to get all of this stuff done. So I, I'm myself, I'm trying to limit myself to, you know, just a few things a week. But it's it's hard. Yeah. And and I think it's a case of knowing yourself as well. That yes, the method that you've described and talked us through it does work and it can be applicable in lots of different situations. But if there's one thing in there that you're like, that is just not working for me, then it's fine to drop it. You've The most important thing is that it works for you and you're able to do it. So if you need to tweak it and you need to do something different, and if you think, actually, I really rebel against doing things that are set out for me then okay well how can you allow that more flexibility in there so that you're only doing a couple of things but then you can feel like you're rebelling against it for most of the time and that kind of thing yeah you're so right and I think for rebels it is quite tricky to get motivated because I think I can't remember in Gretchen Rubin's mm. Four Tendencies it's the obligers and I can't remember the other one but yeah, I feel like they've got an easier job of getting themselves motivated because they kind of have to make themselves accountable for someone else but I think for rebels it is hard and I think deadlines are pretty pretty important for rebels but yeah planning and motivating yourself is such a personal thing it is all about testing and learning and seeing what works for you and yeah completely taking this three-step method and and tweaking it and completely evolving it so that it works for you yeah look at where you fell down in the past and then be like right how can I not fall down at that same point there so like for me for example um when I got to February and the whole plan was out it was then going rather than okay well I'm not going to have a plan for the rest of the year it was like this wall planner is dead now and I'm going to move to doing it quarterly and I actually moved to doing all my planning digitally because then I can copy and paste and cut things out because I'm just have this weird thing about paper and it all being perfect like if I had a paper plan that was all crossed out that would drive me insane oh it's interesting yeah <laughs> um, so I have to have it all on my computer so I can bring it up I can have it when I'm working on stuff it's always open on my desktop but I can copy and paste and move things around and it's still neat <laughs> yeah um, that's really interesting because yeah. I don't mind having a really messy plan and I've tried to do it digitally and I did it had my 12-week plan on a like a google doc spreadsheet for ages mm. but I, I've decided I much prefer paper and 
I don't care if it gets messy. I quite kind of like it. Mm. <laughs> so. I, I really want to be somebody who can plan on paper and have lovely things, but it really, it actually paralyzes me a bit because I'm like, oh, but what color do I use? I need to set up like this big color code before I can even start. It just really paralyzes me. So yeah, I just have to have it in a document. I know some people as well use apps like Asana or Trello, especially when they've got multifaceted businesses I've spoken to product businesses who do that when they've got like logistics and things to plan in as well that that makes it slightly easier than just a kind of one sheet sort of plan but yes that's what I mean where I've fallen down at a certain hurdle where it's been every year I've written in a notebook and then never looked at it again it's like well okay let's take it off the paper and let's do it digitally so that I actually look at this (laughs) for once (laughs) And, and your digital equivalent is exactly the same in that you say you have it on your desktop every day. That's just the same as having it on the wall. It's doing the same job. It's just finding, yeah, how it works for you, really. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So that's the very big picture plan stuff. But as you say, in order to for that to work, you need to actually work on it and do the work. And, and my, my point of view is that's very much the difference between the people who, who do it, who get what they want and who are building the businesses that they want to and the people who don't, is that the people who do are doing the work and just kind of cracking on with it rather than that kind of very procrastination, oh, I need to do this, I need to plan a bit more, it's not ready, it's not ready. So zooming in then to more of your everyday week-to-week planning what do you suggest around kind of planning your weeks out and to-do lists and things like that sure so yeah you're really right about the plan the plan's not going to make it happen for you it's a tool to help you do it and I think it can be fun to make the plan and get excited about everything but then you do have to do the work so so yeah I do plan out each week so I sit down on a Sunday evening and plan out my week and it, it literally takes 10 minutes it's not a big undertaking it's something I do in front of the TV on a Sunday night and because I've got my 12 week plan on the wall I've already got it broken down as to what I need to do this week and I'll look back at what I haven't got done from the previous week and reshuffle things around. So yeah, I start off by looking at my 12-week planner and putting those actions onto my my weekly plan. So I've got a Ponder Lily planner mm-hmm. now, which I'm really liking actually. I've got one to use next year. I'm really liking it. It's quite, I like how it blocks out the days by time. Mm. So what I then do is, is block out the time I actually have to work on my business because I still work part-time. I block out those days or I block out, you know, the days I've, I've obviously got a bit of time in the evening if I want to work those evenings. But by physically like scribbling out the hours that I don't have, it really helps me be a bit more realistic about how much I can get done in that week. So then I've got little windows of time left and I'll schedule in those tasks into those sort of days and hours, basically. And I'm also really trying to embrace some new habits around regularly posting on Instagram, even getting out to go for a walk and stuff like that. So I have a section at the bottom of my planner and actually on the Ponder Lily planner, it's got a section for habits. So I pop in there what I want to do on a daily basis. So things like I don't post Instagram daily, but that goes in there so that I do it regularly. I put in going for a walk. I put in things like engaging in groups on on Facebook. So I have a little habit section that I try to, to use to kind of build some better habits Mm. and then again it's all about sense checking it and making sure it's realistic and again I'm not I'm not always amazing at this because I always even if I look at it and I know in my gut instinct like I'm never gonna get all that done (laughs) I still have this feeling like oh but wouldn't it be amazing if I could so but yeah it's about really engaging that gut instinct and and thinking okay am I gonna get this done and shifting some things around but I think with planning your weeks, if you are a side hustler, that bit where you block out the time that you actually have to work on your side hustle, that can be quite eye-opening because Mm. you think, actually, I've got three hours this week or I've got five hours. And that really helps you be a bit more realistic. The other thing I do is plan out my Instagram captions and my, my pictures. So I do this kind of flexibly. I don't want to really make it really rigid and I used to do this on a monthly basis and I'm now doing it weekly and I just kind of draft full captions and stick them in my google docs and I dump some 
photos that I want to use into an app I use called Plan. And then I can kind of have a look at what it will make my feed look like in there. And then it just means that if I'm working, it's less of a, you know, last minute thing. I'm not like, oh, what can I write about? Oh, I'll just make this thing up and, and post it, which never really does very well. I've yeah. got like a starter for 10 in terms of what I want to talk about. And then I can be really flexible with it. I can just tweak things. But I think when you're working as well, it's just nice to have that and you know it's there and you can use it when you're ready. Yeah, and I love that you said that you have flexibility with it because this is how I think when I talk to people about planning their blog content and things, it's like it's it's not a rod for your back, <laughs> a plan. It's there to make your life easier and you, you're you in control of the plan. The plan's not in control of you. So if something comes up that you're really passionate to write about on Instagram that day, you can talk about that, that's fine. But the plan is there and the scheduling is there on those days where you're like I'm absolutely exhausted I cannot think anymore I can just copy and paste this thing I've already done yeah absolutely yeah and I think like you say the plan is there to take the stress away not not make it stressful you know if I'm out for a walk or something I'll have an idea for an Instagram post and I'll just like record it on my iPhone it's quite a good dictation thing if you Mm. just speak into it it's pretty good at typing out what you're saying I'll just record it and then I've got that you know it's there for when I need it it just for me it really helps with with especially with Instagram because I hate kind of getting home and then being like better post something and yeah yeah I hate that and I don't also work full-time but there's a few things I wanted to pick up about the the kind of week planning one was that you put started to plan in like when you're going for walks and stuff and I really like that you did that and it reminded me that I was listening to a being boss episode with Caroline Zook and she works with her husband and they when they're planning out they plan all the life stuff in first so like going to the gym going for walks if they want to go for dinner or to the cinema or something they plan that in first and then the work around it and I was listening to that like my mind just blowing in the car because that's the opposite of what I've done all year so if that's something that is important to you or that you have identified that you need to work on a bit more of a work-life balance then I thought that was a really good idea but also something that's worked for me and I'm not sure whether it translates as much for side hustlers because as you say you've reduced that time down you can actually work in it but to have some some space so for example I generally leave my Friday afternoons clear because I know I'm not going to have got done the things that I told myself I was going to get done for the rest of the week. So that's like my catch up time that I can just kind of do the stuff that I didn't get done or also just do something else or do some reading or, or whatever it is to keep that clear. And also another thing that I come up against with clients and particularly ones in service based businesses is not to fill all that all your time with client work because that's always your inclination is that I have to be always working for clients blah, blah, blah. but then you have no room then to move the business forward and to actually work on the business so like you're saying about blocking out the time that you are doing your job similarly if you are full-time in your business blocking out the time that you do client work does actually then show you oh I've only left myself three hours a week to work on my business and I personally would suggest that that's not really enough because I leave two or three days a week for me is content creation all the other things that is a client work the things that need to happen in order to to have a business moving forward and doing pitching and that kind of thing and I think that's when people feel frustrated by a plan or their their growth isn't happening as fast as they would like it's are you actually doing the work and planning in the time to do growth activities rather than just you know in the engine room rather than steering the ship yeah absolutely because if you are just focusing on your client work or making up orders and sending them out then you're just kind of treading water you're not really taking yourself anywhere and that can be fine in the short term especially just thinking as we're recording it's that run up to Christmas and I'm sure there's lots of makers right now who are like I do not have time to work (laughs) on my business this week but yeah in, in in terms of long term planning yeah if you don't break out that time to focus on growing your business as well as working in it then you're kind of just treading water so to-do lists then 
So is that different to the weekly plan? Because I sometimes have a to-do list and a weekly plan. <laughs> yeah, I do as well. It kind of depends on the day. And also I get that there's some people who, again, maybe the rebels don't want a weekly plan and maybe a to-do list, a daily to-do list might work better. So, but yeah, when I get busy, I definitely write a to-do list as well as have my weekly plan. And I've got some go-to tricks for when things get busy or when things get on top of me. So... I like to write my daily to-do list out as a must-do and a could-do. And the must-do stuff is the stuff that really is essential. So anything that's up against a sort of deadline or anything that I regularly put out that I'm I'm sort of up against, you know, that really essential stuff. And then the could-do stuff is, you know, it'd be nice if I got that done, but it's not essential. And I find that really helps to separate things out and also helps me to prioritise because otherwise... I can be tempted to just do the things that I'm really looking forward to on my to-do list first rather than the actual really impactful stuff. So I quite like that. And in the must-do bit, I think a maximum of three things for a day is probably more than enough, really. Mm. I know that doesn't sound like very many, but actually it's quite satisfying when you get three big things ticked off your to-do list in one day or, again, one, one evening. I think the other thing that we can tend to do which kind of goes back to the the should thing that you talk about quite a bit is we can find ourselves doing things because we feel we we should do it so I think every now and again it's good to sense check your to-do list Mm. with actually do I really need to do that is that having much of an effect on my business is that helping me grow is that building my audience whatever I think it's really important to sense check and really engage your gut instinct and think actually that's not essential I'm going to take it off so that's really important and then the two minute method I'm a big fan of so basically anything on your to-do list that takes two minutes or less you put a star next to and then you just do that straight away because quite often I mean for me it's things like sending an email or just tweaking something on my website can sit on my to-do list for weeks Mm. and actually it probably would take about two minutes there's just something about that thing that I'm not looking forward to doing so that has been really impactful for I've spoken to a lot of people recently who are like oh this two minute method thing is is great and um yeah I'd love to say it was mine but it's not (laughs) it's a brilliant tool and then like if you're really up against it and you're really struggling to get something done I find the best thing to do is to ditch the to-do list altogether and just write on a post-it that one thing that you need to do and stick it on your screen or wherever you're working and maybe stick one as well on your phone so that each time you reach for your phone, you just have this post-it that says, write that blog post and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I, I find that really, really helps for me. I love that two-minute method thing because I had that similarly this week. I just had a quite a long list for me, but they were all quite small things and I got like half the list done in an hour or something. And I was like, felt amazing afterwards. That's really satisfying, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but I love what you say as well about being engaged with the list and not just having it on there and going through and actually like, why am I doing this? What is the purpose behind what I'm trying to achieve? Because that will really help you to think, yes, am I doing this because I should? But it's like, if you've got right blog post on there and you're not feeling inspired, that's going to feel really kind of heavy. But as if you can actually say, right blog post, but then The purpose of that blog post is that I want to talk about such and such a thing because it's going to be really brand building. Then you've got an intention behind it and a purpose that then you're like, it makes it easier because you've started the work a little bit already of actually thinking what it's going to be about. But then also I think, you might disagree with me, but I think if something's being on your to-do list for ages and it keeps being pushed down, there comes a point where it's just like, it's just not important. You can take it off. If you've not done it for however long, it, it was obviously not important. So just don't do it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I'm finding this more and more at the moment, it's, and again, this comes back to what you say about the shoulds, but I've recently kind of given myself permission to stop trying to blog once a week because it's something that's just been on my to-do list. I haven't really thought about it. I've just kept putting it on there and it's always the thing that gets left Mm. to the last minute because I really struggle with writing. So I've just kind of given myself permission to just focus on doing two posts a month which are video based and it's so easy to just keep putting stuff on our to-do list that just because without consciously thinking about it and it's 
yeah the more I think about it the more I think actually let's try and move things into a direction where I'm working on things that I really enjoy or that just seem to flow and things that feel easy almost because yeah like you say if there's something that's just been sat on there for weeks and weeks there's probably a reason for that and if it's not doing your tax return then you can probably take it off <laughs> good point <laughs> <laughs> that one's probably essential you probably need to do that but you know yeah and I think as well just hearing you talk there it's really tuning into the season that you're in in your business as well and that if you're as we're saying about if you're a product-based business and it's Christmas then yeah you're not going to be able to achieve the same amount of stuff that you could in August so rather than beat yourself up about it you have to flex your planning with the external things going on in your business and again this is something that I've learned recently when I've had quite a busy November and was feeling really bogged down because I also wasn't getting done all the other stuff on top of the client work that I had going on and then I was just like oh hold on maybe I don't have to do that because I'm just in this month where I have to be focused on the client work and that actually I can let go of some of this other stuff in order for the client work to be better but also me not die (laughs) so I think it's that thing again of allowing there to be flexibility in the planning but also when you are planning think well when I look at my calendar for you know who I've got booked in that month I'm not going to be able to achieve as much as I would normally so I should give myself a break around that yeah definitely I think that's the stepping back and reflecting bit and really thinking okay is this going to happen or is it a bit of a bit of a pipe dream as in you know is there too much stuff on there what else is going on And yeah, just sense checking is really important. So we have looked at big picture. We've looked at small picture. Um, What is kind of next? So if somebody has sat down, they've done their 12-week plan and they're starting to plan out their weeks and it's working for them, what's the kind of long-term tips for ongoing planning? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that can really help here. I think the big one is having a routine so that things start to come a bit more naturally. And I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about having a routine. A lot of people like to feel that they're flexible, but it doesn't have to be a minute by minute account of what you're doing each week. It just needs to be something that gets you into habit of making time for different things that you need to do in your side hustle. There's a really good Obama quote that I really love, which is something like, you need to focus your decision-making energy. You need to routinize yourself because you can't be going through the day distracted by trivia. Mm. And I think he always wore wore like a blue or gray suit because he just Mm. didn't want to make that decision. And that's what having a routine does. It means that you don't have to make constant decisions about, okay, what shall I do next? What shall I do this evening? You already sort of know what you need to be working on. So it can be as simple as Wednesday and Thursday evenings are my side hustle evenings and that's it. It can be as loose as that. Or it can be, okay, one Saturday morning a month is for content. The next one's for product development. The next one's for photography. It can be as loose or as tight as you you want that routine to be as long as it helps you get started on getting things done. So I think there's just a few things to think about when you're setting up a routine and just thinking about what's going to work for you. Because obviously, if you're side hustling, you've got maybe a job or another business or kids or whatever it is to work around. And also, I think with routines, it's really important to batch things. So like I just said there with the example of doing content one day a month and product development the other day a month, it really saves a lot of time when you batch things together. Mm. So if you're a service-based business, you might want to schedule all of your blog posts on one day a month or take all of your photographs in one morning a month. If you're a product-based business, you might want to go back to my home decor days. And um, <laughs> when I was making cushions, I would cut all of the all of the fabric out and then I would attach all of the zips in one go and then I would attach the fronts and backs together all in one go for about 20 cushions at a time. And batching things together like that can really help. So if you say Saturday morning is is a content day or Saturday morning is a cutting out morning and then Sunday morning will be a sewing together morning sort of thing. So, yeah, having a routine is amazing. And actually, I'm out of routine at the moment Mm. with my content creation and I'm really feeling it. I'm feeling quite stressed and I really don't enjoy being in this cycle of like, oh, my God, it's Tuesday night and I haven't done my blog post yet. I'm writing up now. I'm scheduling it last minute. I'm creating all the images late at night. It is not fun. So I'm 
yeah really going to try to get back into my own routine over the next few weeks I think yeah that's funny you say that as you said we are recording at the end of December and I think it's it's kind of an end of December thing but yeah I haven't been doing a weekly plan for the last kind of couple of weeks and I also have got out of my content creation routine because I've not been blogging because of just I haven't been able to and yeah I think it's making me feel so out of control (laughs) and like something's not right because I don't have those kind of like signposts in my week that I'm used to having that makes me kind of feel like I'm doing all right and that I've got things going on so yeah I I completely agree and also with batching I find because I haven't done this a lot it was always been my intention to kind of write a whole month's worth of content in one go but I've only managed to actually make the time for that a couple of times Mm. but when I have when I've got to the third or fourth blog post I can write it in 20 minutes because you're just so in the zone. It it does make it so much more efficient to be doing like tasks together. Yeah. And you really feel like you've got your shit together, don't you? Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you do. I love it when there's stuff just scheduled in my um on my blog or whatever. Or I love it when I've got my podcast ske- scheduled. It feels so good. <laughs> and the other thing I was going to mention was outsourcing as well. I think if you've got into a good routine you're planning your weeks and you're you're working quite well with your plan the next thing to do is really look at what you can outsource and it's not necessarily just the stuff that you you don't have time for it's the stuff that maybe you don't enjoy or the stuff that's not you're not best spending your time on so it doesn't necessarily need to be difficult but whatever's sort of draining your time well an example for me is that with this podcast I get it edited shout out to Alex because that was just not something I had the time for or really the inclination to learn how to do but it was more important to me to have the podcast but to be able to to outsource it to to make that balance because my time is actually way better spent doing other things than learning to edit a podcast badly <laughs> That's exactly it. And I think it's about figuring out where you really add value to your business or your yeah. side hustle. And it's spending the time on the stuff you that is unique to you and really special yeah. about what you do. So for you, editing your podcast isn't the best use of your time because that's not where you sort of bring the magic to your business. Yeah. And you don't want to develop your skills around editing your podcast. Yeah. So that is a prime, prime example Um, But then there's lots of kind of life stuff you can outsource as well, whether it's just getting a cleaner or like getting things like those HelloFresh boxes Mm. or, you know, your meals um, sort of not organized for you. But, you know, just making life easier in general can be another way of outsourcing. It doesn't necessarily just need to be businessy stuff. So, yeah, I think there's lots of opportunities. There's so many different things that you can outsource now. And I think if you just start to ask friends or have a look on Etsy, people per hour, you can generally find someone to do pretty much anything now. And I, I think it's one of those things where you either need to invest your money or invest your time. And if you are side hustling and you don't have a lot of time, but obviously you are earning from your from your nine to five, it might be a better option to, for example, again, with the writing, I'm not a big fan of writing blog posts, but I, I used to dictate them mm. and then pay for someone to transcribe them. It wasn't very expensive, but that saved me so much time. Mm. So that being a bit creative, I think, and not necessarily just outsourcing the, the obvious stuff. Yeah. It's, it's how can my life be easier? and actually identifying those things and like the meals I've ordered meals in not like takeaways I mean like order stuff like food packages and things because I was like I'm not gonna have time to cook properly and rather than feel like crap about it and beat myself up I'm just gonna get some company to help me yeah it's interesting because I really don't enjoy cooking but for some people it's a really nice way to kind of unwind at the end of the day but for me I just it's like a chore I really don't enjoy it well and it is for me because I cook for one so (laughs) yeah and your boyfriend's a chef right yeah so he's out at meal times which is completely pointless (laughs) (laughs) but anyway yeah so I think there's some really good tips in there for kind of once you've settled yourself in 
to your planning routine and it's not overthinking it it's allowing yourself some flexibility but giving yourself a framework to work within rather than something that's going to really tie you down it should be something that is a springboard for you to help you fly so think of it like that I guess is the main takeaway absolutely yeah so final ish question is how do you grow with soul in your work and life yeah so I think this goes back to what I was talking about in my business journey really this was quite fun to think about actually Mm. I do think for me it's about being experimental and just being really conscious as you go through life and as you build a business of what you really enjoy doing and what goes well and also just learning from what you don't enjoy and learning from your failures as well and treating everything like kind of data that you can use to steer your ship in in whichever way you want to be to be going it's about seeking out more of what fills you up and getting rid of the stuff Mm. that sort of drags you down and I think I learned a lot more about this over the summer because I I struggled with anxiety a lot this year and it taught me about how important it is to be brave and just do the things that feel right or that I genuinely enjoy even if it's having an introvert day and just staying at home and Mm. walking in the middle of nowhere with my dogs and only talking to my dogs and not leaving the house or whatever yes a lot of people will think I'm a massive loser for doing (laughs) I that's really what fills me up that's what I really enjoy I really love having a day to myself and you know if that means not going to the work Christmas party which I may have done this year then so be it it's about just being a bit ruthless I guess and going after the stuff that really fills you up and and makes you happy yeah good tips (laughs) so what have you got coming up how can people find you and connect with you and get some more planning goodness in their lives sure so I tend to hang out mainly on Instagram so I'm Josephine P Brooks over there so come join in the chat and then there's lots of content on my website so it's josephinebrooks.co.uk and my blog's on there and you'll also find links to my podcast there which is called On The Make and yeah what's coming up so over on my website you can find out a bit more about my course so I'm launching my course on the 5th of January which is really exciting I've been working on it for a long time it's called make a plan make it happen and the name kind of gives it away but (laughs) I'll be helping some side hustlers create a solid 12-week action plan using the three-step method that I talked about today actually and then helping them work through that plan and making it a reality by sharing lots of productivity tools and helping people boost their productivity and how to stay motivated and all that good stuff so yeah I'm really looking forward to it I'm hoping to create a really supportive community of side hustlers in the closed Facebook group so that we can all kind of cheer each other on and yeah so it's a six-week course starting on the 5th of January so it should be a great way to kick off the year as you mean to go on if you yeah. one of those people that just decide right this is the year I've decided to get serious about my side hustles so yeah like you did this time last exactly, year exactly yeah, yeah probably this time last year exactly so so yeah I'm really looking forward to that great well thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your knowledge so freely and generously and good luck with the course and good luck to everybody who now runs over and buys the course and takes it (laughs) thanks so much Kate it's been lovely to chat and thanks for your help this year as well all the links that we mentioned will be on my website which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast and you can find me and Josephine on Instagram I'm at simpleandseason and she's at Josephine P. Brooks as always if you think you have a friend who would really benefit from listening to this conversation then please do send them the link to the episode and share where you're listening and tag me online because I love to see you and until next time I hope you grow a soul <laughs>